We are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps Post Game Show. My name is Shelton Alexander, and I'm here after the Raptors' winning streak is now over. So Raptors fall 106-103 to the Denver Nuggets. Very tough loss for the Raptors as their winning streak is over at 8. Denver Nuggets probably deserve to win this game, but a lot of the focus will be on some missed calls late. I guess the opening question I will ask you, Raptors fans, do you think the refs blew this game late? That is a question I will ask you guys off the front end. I got to be honest, and my first thought while watching that play that Serge Ibaka gets called for the foul, you can't make that call. Uh, for those recap, just to recap what happened, the game was tied at 103, and they call a foul on Serge Ibaka. Now, is Serge holding Nikola Jokic? Yeah, he's holding him. Is it probably a foul at any other point in the game? Yeah, probably. But you cannot make that call at that point of the game if you're a referee in the NBA in a tie game with seconds left in it. You can't make that call there. And people might say, hey, you know, what's a foul in the first quarter should be a foul in the fourth quarter and cool. Maybe in a perfect world, you're right. But that's not the NBA. We see that happen all the time. And if you're a referee, you got to let the players decide the game. And you did not let the players decide the game by making a call like that in which the Nuggets end up getting the ball. Sorry, the Nuggets end up getting a free throw and the ball. That blatantly decides the outcome of this game. The Nuggets obviously go to the free throw line, hit the one free throw, get the ball back. The Raptors have no timeouts, so they have to foul, send Jokic back to the line. He hits two free throws. Now, you might be wondering why they would foul on purpose. It's because they didn't have any timeouts. So you have to basically stop the clock somehow, and that's how they did it. Fouling Jokic, send him back to the line. He hits the two free throws. Then at least you have a chance. Seven seconds left. You could try to get it down the court, which they did. Lowry got a look. He got it all right. A decent look. Didn't go in. Raptors lose. But again, that will be the call that everyone's going to talk about. And how do you make that call at the end of the game? Raptors fans, I want to hear from you. I see people already in Instagram, at Sheldon Alexander. Send me your questions, your comments, whatever you think of this game. Um, what you have to say about the refs. But this was a tough this was a tough one because on the one hand the refs can't make that call. On the other hand, the Raptors shot themselves in the foot in this game. How did they do that? By having a terrible first half. So I know a lot of focus will be on that. There's some weird calls at the very end of that game, some calls where there are fouls called, there were non-calls on people going to the basket. It was just a weirdly officiated game, but at the end of the day, you can't rely on the refs, right? Sometimes that happens. You can't rely on the refs, bottom line. And the hole that the Raptors dug for themselves in the first half, that basically did them in at the end of the game. The other interesting point, the other bad call that we'll get a lot of talk in this game was JV. JV runs out to contest a three-point shot, and it didn't look like it was a foul. Watching it, it doesn't look like a foul. But we have to remember that there's a new rule in the NBA. I think they instituted it last year. But the reasoning behind it, ironically enough, is after Kawhi Leonard was injured in the playoffs that year by Zaza Pachulia 
in against the Warriors, right? Warriors, Spurs, if you remember that game one, Spurs are winning big. Zaza goes out, sticks his foot under Kawhi Leonard as he takes a jump shot. Kawhi Leonard is out for the rest of the playoffs, and the rest, as they say, is history. But after that play, because it was so high-profiled, the league made a point in changing that rule, and if they think that you're not allowing a shooter to land after taking a jump shot, they're going to call that foul. Do I think that JV was trying to stick his foot underneath Morse as he took the shot? No, I don't think so. Do I think that that play was, you know, in the essence of the call of, sorry, in the essence of the rule? Is that play why, you know what I mean? Is that play the best example of why that rule is instituted into the NBA? No. But it's a call that was made by the ref. And then Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse lost his cool. Nick Nurse took a technical foul. And that's where I kind of had, you know, I paused a little bit there. Because I don't know if you could take a technical foul there if you're Nick Nurse. The way that that game was going, the Raptors had very, they had no life in that game. The starters came out in the third quarter. They got it going. The bench finally started playing well. The bench made a huge run. You cut the lead to one point, And then Nick Nurse takes that technical foul. Again, is that a bad call? Yes. Totally agree. Is it a bad call on top of a lot of other bad calls made in this game? Yes. But at that time, I don't think you can take that technical foul if you're Nick Nurse. But hey, again, these are key moments in the fourth quarter, which becomes so much of a bigger deal because the Raptors buried themselves early. They, they got themselves in such a big hole early. And that, my friends, I know everything else is going to be a lot of the talk, but the Raptors' first half is really the reason why they lost this game right? They started off well. They came out with a whole heap of energy, and Lowry looked good off the front end. I see Nick Nurse talking now, so I'll wait for some comments to come out on Twitter, and I will read those as they come across my Twitter timeline. But in the meantime, let's let's go over a little bit of what happened in this game. Again, uh, I don't know if I even said my name off the front end of this. I was so hyped to start this podcast, but again, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this is a Wrap It Up podcast. Shouts to the people that are listening live on Twitter and watching live on Twitter, at Shell Alexander. If you see that feed, click on it. You become into the Periscope link, and we will take your comments, questions, and concerns. Same thing on Instagram, at Shell, at Sheldon Alexander, sorry. So... I know people are fired up, so I'm going to go right through and, and, and get people's comments, and then we'll we'll go through the game in a moment. But I think people are fired up here, and someone right away says, yeah, I'm heated. The refs got to be better. I agree. The refs do have to be better. That wasn't a good – I don't think that was a great call at all. And, and the bottom line is the refs can't decide the game like that, right? You're in a perfect position where – you can let the players control the outcome of that game. You can let that play go. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I've seen moments like that happen before in games, and the ref will blow the whistle, will walk over to both players, tell them to cut it out, and then they'll let them inbound the ball again. But you can't call a foul on Serge Ibaka in that moment to give a team in a tied game with seconds left give them a free throw to take the lead, and then the ball. That is the ref blatantly deciding the outcome of a game, and that to me is terrible. Again, people, let me know what you think. 
Uh, someone else in the chat says, yo, Lowry had five points. That can't happen. Wholeheartedly agree. Kyle Lowry, and again, Kyle Lowry's a guy where we'll never really know injury-wise what Kyle Lowry's dealing with, right? The style of play that he has as he gets older as well, there's always going to be bumps and bruises. There's always going to be reasons why he slowed down or resting throughout the year. We know that Kyle didn't play in the last game against the Cavs. He came out and played tonight. Kyle Lowry had five points in this game on one of seven shooting and one of six from three. That's not a good game. That tells me that's not a normal Kyle Lowry game when he's shooting poorly like that. And we know that he was out in the last game with a sore back. That tells me that it could be something that's nagging, something that's really bothering him. But the flip side is, if Kyle Lowry just came out to try to gut out this game against the best team in the West, I applaud him for that. I really do. Because I think that matters, right? I think the other guys on the team seeing him do that, I think that that builds team morale. Maybe I'm wrong. Just my assumption. And again, his shot wasn't falling. But what do we talk about? after each and every game on this Raptors podcast, right? The reason why the Raptors are successful is because they have a bunch of guys that can affect the game in different ways. Kyle's shot wasn't falling, but he was super aggressive on the defensive end. He was in passing lanes. He was nagging, getting steals. He had 11 assists in this game. He still, you know, was being that floor general. Kyle Lowry had three blocks in this game as well. I'm not going to throw Kyle Lowry under the bus and say that because he only had five points that he's the reason the Raptors won. Would you like him to shoot better than one of seven? For sure. But him being out in against Cleveland with the sore back, and then him playing tonight and shooting one of seven, that tells me that there's something nagging and maybe something is wrong with Kyle Lowry. But yeah, I mean, one of, one of seven from the floor is not a good look for Kyle Lowry. Five points for Kyle Lowry isn't that good of a look either. Another comment in the chat. I don't... Uh, Nurse was getting teed up. Sorry, I don't think Nurse getting teed up was a big deal because they tied it up. I mean, you can say that, but when you lose by three points and that was a free one point that you gave the other team and you need a three at the end of the game instead of a two, it just changes the math of the rest of the game, right? Also, too, Instead of just letting them go to the free throw line, now you're also killing momentum, right? Your team was on a 10-0 run. The building was rocking. Yes, that's a bad call, but the crowd's just going to get amped up, booing and, and going against the refs instead of having to calm down and figure out kind of what's going on here as Nick Nursen gets a tee and there's more free throws and then three more free throws after that. I don't know. Just my opinion. I just don't think you can take it... Uh, a technical foul in that situation when your your bench finally started playing well. I'm and to be honest, my beef is more with the time and the situation of the technical foul. Your bench was finally playing well, right? Your bench gutted out a performance, which I don't think they were playing well for most of the game, but towards the end of their run in that in the fourth quarter, in their fourth quarter minutes from the bench, you had Delon playing well. Freddie was driving and kicking and finding guys. Freddie didn't play that well, but he 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 made enough plays, especially towards the end, right? In that moment, I just don't think was the time to take a technical foul if you're a Nick Nurse. Again, just my opinion. I could be wrong. People, let me know what you think. Uh, let's see. It's that seven-second call. 
and what the game and what game has that happened when that was called that close totally agree uh c brown says great run there's always next year (laughs) which is funny i know i got you hey tough loss and again this is i mean i'm about process right and so yes the raptors lose this game is it a bad loss i mean you lost to the best team in the western conference you didn't really come out with enough intensity in the first half and that's why you probably lost this game but to me if i look at the big picture and the process of what the raptors do they defended like a motherfucker at the end of this game pardon my french i know people could be listening with their kids in the car in the morning so my apologies there but the point remains down the stretch when they're getting back into this game both the bench and then when the raptors went back to their starters the defense that these guys were playing was insane they were getting stops like crazy their rotations were great their defensive rotations were crazy bodies flying all over the place and Kawhi, yo man i know Kawhi missed some shots down the stretch but he also hit some shots down the stretch right it, it was a good game to watch it was a good game to see and again i'm about process right can't Kawhi get a shot off whenever he wants yeah then it's just make or miss right can the Raptors get defensive stops whenever they need? Yes. So these these are the things that I'm seeing in this game that, you know, you can take positives out of this loss. No shame in losing to the Denver Nuggets, especially when you know that you shot that terribly in the first half, right? And the Raptors in the first half, again, it was a pretty bad first half by the Toronto Raptors to pretty much sum things up. The Nuggets closed the first half on an 18-6 run. Denver was up 12 at halftime. Only reason it was close was because Kawhi Leonard was just balling. Kawhi had 16 points. Kyle had zero points in the first half, right? On the flip side for the Nuggets, Nikola Jokic is real. Real basketball heads know that Jokic is that deal. But for, you know, the casual fan, you might not be familiar with his game. He put in work and it was from start to finish you know it was almost fitting that he hit all those free throws to to win the game at the end because he started this game in the first half he had 14 points on six to seven shooting with 10 assists in the first half the nuggets were just getting buckets whatever they wanted in the first half they had 19 assists on their first 24 field field goals again 19 assists on their first 24 field goals in the first half of this game that was a difference On the flip side, the Raptors couldn't buy a bucket. The Raptors, who normally shoot pretty well, right? They're shooting, I think, 38% for their last 10 games from three. Well, they were three of 22 in the first half. Three of 22. That's what the Raptors shot from three in the first half. They were lucky to only be down 12. But what happens? You dig yourself into a deep hole, and now you have to expend so much energy coming back. And... You know, I try to think big picture here and what we try to talk about isn't just the result and isn't just about the two bad calls because, hey, we can sit here and debate that and argue about the bad calls and cool, but I try to maintain this as being big picture and talking about the positives that we saw from this game. People are going to crush Kyle Lowry for only scoring five points or shooting one of seven from the floor, but I'm going to give Kyle Lowry a lot of credit for what he did to start the third quarter of this game. Remember, 
Just told you, Raptors were struggling, right? Their offense wasn't going. The first three plays out of the to start the second half. Again, first three plays to start the second half. Kyle Lowry gets a ball, and he does that same Chauncey Billup move I talk about all the time, where you're just blatantly leaning into a defender, trying to get the ref to call a foul so you can get to the free throw line, get some easy baskets, get your team to see the ball going through the hoop, change the momentum. Kyle does that, goes to the free throw, hits two, goes to his free throw line, hits two free throws. Okay. Next time down the floor, Kyle Lowry, two-man game with Serge. Serge hits a jumper at the elbow. Bucket. Next possession down the floor. Kyle drives and kicks, extra pass. Danny Green hits a three, quickly a seven-point game, wraps back in it. That changed the momentum and got the Raptors going and back into this game, right? They started seeing shots go down. That's where, you know, the game really changed and we started to see the Raptors get a little bit more energy, right? It was back and forth from that point. And it was a tough game because they needed shots to go down because Denver was just winning on all the hustle plays, right? All the hustle plays, all the second chance, second chance plays, that was all Denver. To open this game, right? Second chance points we talk about. To open this game at one point, it was 21 to 2 in second chance points for the Denver Nuggets. That's crazy, right? That's just hustle. That's just hustle. In the first half, Denver had 10 points off of Raptors turnovers. Again, that's just hustle. The Raptors didn't really play that well in the first half. And I don't know if it's a case of, hey, it was a Kyle Lowry. I'm trying to pace myself through a game and turn it on at the end. I don't know if it's a Kyle Lowry is injured shot or injured uh, kind of game where he's trying to pace himself through. But a lot of his threes early were front rim, right? He was short on them. It was just it wasn't a good first half for the Toronto Raptors. And I talked about Jokic. I just gave you his first half numbers. But Jokic definitely is the MVP of this game without a doubt, right? Anytime you look at someone's lineup and he has, or anyone's line, pardon me, not lineup, but their center having 23 points, 15 assists, and 11 rebounds on 8 of 13 shooting, it's tough to beat that team, right? The other team we always talk about was the Raptors' bigs. And the production that they were getting from their big guys in terms of JV and Surge, and how you need that production, especially against the all star bigs in the league, right? You think JV and Surge could start on a lot of teams in the NBA? This is a next level thing. Jokic is one of the best bigs in the NBA. This is a game that you needed JV and Surge to put up one of their great games that they've been having throughout the year. Serge Ibaka was 15. 15 points, 5 rebounds. He was 6-9 from the floor. I don't think Serge Ibaka had a horrible game. It just wasn't... It wasn't at the level that we've seen Serge play for this whole season. Is that fair? I don't know. Right? I, th I think Serge played a good game. I just think they needed more from him. And if I'm going to say I think they needed more from Serge, they definitely needed more from JV. I, I got a question. Why can't JV dunk the ball? I don't get it. He missed at least three or four bunnies right underneath the basket. I don't understand. He has the ball under the basket, and if he just dunks it, right? Like, we're talking about you're missing 
three to four bunnies. Like, if you just dunk those shots, that's an extra eight points for JV, right? The margin of error on a dunk, like, come on. JV struggled in this game. He battled, again, the whole bench, I think, struggled, especially in their first half minutes. And even to start their second half minutes, the bench wasn't really there. I think they came on towards the end of their their minutes in the second half. So the lines don't look as bad. But for the majority of the game, JV did not play well. And it's a couple games in a row where JV has not looked that good. I don't know, man. And you're not to this point yet. You're not to this point yet. So follow me when I say this. But JV was looking pretty bad at certain points. So that was thinking... Do you go to Greg Monroe here for JV's minutes? The way that Jokic was killing the and how poorly JV looked, even against whatever Plumlee brother that is, the Plumleys, much like the Morris twins, I can't tell them apart, I don't know who's who, but whatever Plumlee it is that's on Denver, JV didn't look good. Again, he battled late in his minutes, so he got up to 10 rebounds, finished with 8 points, but overall just watching that game, it wasn't a good game by JV. He looked really sloppy. He looked really slow. And I feel the biggest problem with JV, and just looking at the bench and what's... The Raptors bench hasn't played well the last few games, like, as a whole. There's been elements. I think DeLon's played well. DeLon, even though he might miss a shot here or there, he's still playing with enough energy that he's bringing something to the table. But when I look at guys like JV, even OG, and CJ... These guys are struggling. Freddie Freddie was 1 for 7 tonight, 0 for 5 from 3. But Freddie's still the engine. I feel like Freddie was still getting guys open looks. They just weren't knocking them down. Right? I feel like a point guard, if you're missing shots, okay, cool. But what else are you doing in terms of getting guys looks? And I think Fred was still doing that. Fred was still keeping a, a tempo and a pace while he was in this game. JV, to me, the problem seems Kyle Lowry works a two-man game with Serge very well. And what I mean by that is Kyle drives, gives Serge the ball, and the decision-making is so quick by Serge. He gets the ball, and it's an elbow jumper. Or he gets the ball, and it's a layup or dunk. The decision is made quickly. The problem I see with Jonas Valanciunas right now is he gets the ball, and he's indecisive. He doesn't know what to do. Is he going to get the ball and just back the other big guy down and then hit him with some post moves and score? Is he going to, you know, back him down, try to do a sweeping hook shot in the middle of the lane? Is he driving and kicking? There's just too much going on. And if he, if you're just dumping the ball down to JV, everyone else can't just be standing around and watching him do that. Because I don't think that's putting him in the best position to succeed. Does he have post moves? Can he score in the post? Yes, but if you compare his looks and his baskets to Serge, just dumping it to him in the half court isn't really giving JV the best chance to succeed, in my opinion. Again, I'm not Nick Nurse by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just a dude that watches basketball, that's covered the NBA a little bit, that likes to think he knows a little bit about basketball. But I just think that JV needs to get the ball you know, it's got to be drive and, and dump offs to Jay-Z, to Jay-Z, to JV, and hopefully he can learn to just dunk the ball. That's the biggest thing to me. He gets a ball right under the basket, he has to dunk it. It can't be trying to lay it in off the glass. You're a seven-footer. Dunk the ball. 
And I tweeted this during the game. Big Jam needs to get on JV and get him to dunk the ball. If you don't know who Big Jam is, you're not a real Raptor fan or a Toronto basketball fan. That would be Jamal McGlure, right? Who's a Raptors assistant coach, obviously Toronto zone, Eastern Commerce stand-up, you know? But Big Jam works with the big guys. And I'm sure that someone is instilling in them, listen, get the ball, dunk it when you're in the paint. We saw Serge do that late in crunch time. Serge got the ball and he threw it down hard. And I, and I hope that's a message that's well received from Jonas Valanciunas. Because, again, he threw away about eight points just by missing chippies underneath the basket. JV can't get outplayed or his production can't be matched or close to being matched by a Plumley brother coming off the bench. That's not a thing that can happen. JV and Serge in this game against Jokic, the idea is of having two big guys like that is those guys got to have productive games by just being active under the basket, active running up and down the floor, because now you're making Jokic run on both ends of the floor. You're making him have to do work on both ends of the floor, right? That's the intention that the Raptors have by having JV and Serge sub off for each other going back and forth, right? To tire out the other team's big guy so that he's just not able to just cook you on the offensive end. Because that's what Jokic did. He cooked. He, he really, really cooked. Again, Raptors fans, Raptors lose this one. The winning streak is over. Ends at eight games while the Denver Nuggets improve their winning streak to six games. Raptors lose 106-103. I see a bunch of comments. I'm going to try to catch up here as the comment section is catching up. Or sorry, is blowing up. Uh, someone says, big up Kyle. defense was good. Man's had three blocks. Wow. Yeah, Kyle did. Kyle, I mean, I'm not going to throw Kyle Lowry under the bus because, again, I say it all the time. This team's players, the reason for the Raptors' success is they got a bunch of guys that can affect the game in different ways. So if the shots aren't falling, they can affect the game in different ways. So I'm not going to knock Kyle Lowry for just having a bad shooting night because he, he, he found other ways to be active, and to be a productive member of the team. Uh, Kawhi can't be the only one scoring in the playoffs, so totally agree. The Raptors were only in this game because of Kawhi Leonard. He carried them throughout the first half to keep this a 12-point game, and then down the stretch, Kawhi hit all the big shots. He hit all the big shots. And I think it was a good sign to see late in the game uh, let me make sure I get this right in terms of the timing here. But it was down one. It was uh, Raptors were down 103, 101. Raptors ball. And they run the same exact play that they ran in Orlando, in which Danny Green got the game winner, right? Danny Green goes around the screen. He curls around the screen, top of the key. If he's open, Kyle gives him the ball against Orlando. He pulled up, hit the jumper. But the idea is maybe even he gets the layup. He was covered on this play. The second option, obviously, or maybe the first, depending on the coverage on Danny Green, you give the ball to Kawhi Leonard at the top of the key. Kawhi got the ball at the top of the key. He drove right hand aggressively, got to a spot, cleared some airspace, knocked down the jumper to tie the game. That, to me, is another positive that you can take from this game, right? Late game execution, you ran a great play, We've seen different moments where Kawhi Leonard has dribbled the ball off his foot or missed one of those shots late in the game. So to me, it was good to see him 
be aggressive, get to his spot, and knock down one of those clutch jumpers. To me, that's something you you, you want to see as a Raptor fan. That's something you can take from this game, even though it's a loss, right? I'm sure Kyle Lowry will tell you it's just another regular season game, right? But my point is that's something you can take as a, as a positive out of this game, right? Kawhi hit big, big shots. He missed a couple open looks, but there's another play just a couple possessions prior to the one I just described where Pascal gets it. There's a lot of ball movement. The Raptors are kind of scrambling, and Pascal drives, finds Kawhi, and again, it's one of those, you know, to quote, is it the Rick Ross or Drake line? You wasn't with me shooting jumpers in the gym, right? Kawhi gets a pass from Pascal, up fake, one dribble, knocks down the shot. I shout out my high school coach all the time, Mr. Lilico, because he would love Kawhi's game. Simple, one dribble, clear some space, gets a shot off, twine. <laughs> That's what Coach Lilico would always say, twine. <laughs> you get the point though, right? There's positives to take from this, Raptors fans. You're still in first place, right? You're not going to win every game of the season. Is there positives? Figure out the holes. You know, you got to come out aggressive. You're starting to see, I'd say, what, three games in a row where Kawhi Leonard has just looked fantastic. Like straight, downright, I'm a top three player in the NBA. I'm an MVP candidate in this league. I mean... He did win Player of the Week, right? He was announced as Player of the Week today, if I'm not mistaken. You've seen that now. Kawhi Leonard is here. Again, 27 points, 8 rebounds. Again, like This guy is rebounding. He's a rebounding machine. It's crazy what this guy's doing. And again, you see some big rebounds that Kawhi is getting in the lane. He's showing you a little bit of everything that he has in the arsenal. Still giving you solid defense as well. To me, that's a positive you can take from this game. Even though, yes, the Raptors lose 106, 103, drop to 20 and 5 on the season. We're really going to be that mad, Raptors fans? You really going to be that mad? Uh, let's see some more comments here. I think we're talking about Nick Nurse says, Heat of the moment, I guess. You want to see your coach like that? Anyone would have been like that. Yeah, it's true. It's obviously a lot easier for me sitting here watching the game at home than it is, you know, to be in the moment as Nick Nurse and how would I react right in front of me with a terrible call made like that in in a key spot. So, hey, I understand that. Makes sense. Good point. Uh, more comments on Instagram. Bottom line, the refs decided the game. F the refs. <laughs> Can't say I disagree much with that, with that call. Let me switch here because I see some comments as well in... Uh, in the Periscope slash Twitter feed. Uh, one comment here. Refs ruined that game. I agree with that. Uh, another comment. Let the players decide the game. Also agree. Another call. Simp another uh, comment. Simply. Horrible call. Totally true. Obviously, Raptors fans are going to be a little bit upset with the calls. So I totally understand. And, and you know what? I agree. But I just don't think you can solely blame the refs in a game like this at the end where you played so poorly in the first half. It's unfair to just look at this game and say you lost it because of the refs making bad calls in the fourth quarter. While that is true, they did make bad calls in the fourth quarter. Another truth is the Raptors played terribly in the first half and probably deserved to lose this game because of that. And another reason they deserve to, loss, to, loss, to lose this game, another reason they deserve to lose this game, as pointed out in our comment section here, on Twitter, 
Jokic was unreal tonight. Yeah, for those, again, if you don't know about Nikola Jokic, now you know, right? 23 points, 15 assists, 11 rebounds. He had 10 assists in the first half. He really set the tone in this game. And again, I think the way that Jokic played showed you that the Raptors, if they ever end up running into a solid big guy in the playoffs, and I'm thinking, you know, Embiid, right? This is why it's so important, the whole JV and Surge dynamic. Because if you have those two guys clicking, it forces the other team's big guy to have to play defense the entire time he's on the floor. Because the idea is that JV and Surge will be playing lesser minutes, but more active minutes because they'll be able to go all out because they're not just playing starter minutes. That didn't happen tonight because JV hasn't been playing well the past few games and that puts more minutes on Serge. And Serge had some moments tonight where, I don't know if he looked tired, but he just looked a little slow-footed, let's say. But again, big-time game, credit where credit's due. Jokic, he balled out. He put in work. More comments here on Twitter. It's a physical game. Such an insignificant call to make at the end of the game. I agree, totally. It's just a play that you see all the time that happens, especially in late-game situations. And again, if you're a ref, you cannot want to affect the outcome of the game, right? And to make that call in that situation, you blatantly affected the the outcome of that game. I watch a lot of basketball, right? I feel like I've seen a lot of basketball over the years and a place kind of like that occur and the ref just blows the whistle, walks over to the two guys pushing and clutching and grabbing, tells them to cut it out or else I'm going to have to call it next time and then gives the ball to the player and they inbound it. A ref shouldn't want to make that call to give a team a free throw and possession in a tied game late in the fourth quarter. Uh, my guy Trizzy says, there are a lot of soft calls going against the Raptors. Raps never got one soft foul call. Total BS. I, I, I mean, if we went down and we were keeping tabs and keeping score on who got more calls, maybe you're right. I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't break it down that specifically. But I will say that the refs are just horrible. There are a lot of bad calls in that game. Again, I wasn't keeping track enough to say, hey, you know, one ref was worse than the other, or sorry, more calls went against one team than the other. I can't really say that. But in terms of the two massive calls in the fourth quarter, yeah, the JV call where he gets called for fouling a three-point shooter, that was a tough call. Also, to give Nurse a tech, he must have said something that would garner that reaction from a ref. And yeah. Again, the late call that we've been talking about, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. But if you're the Raptors, you can't, that can't be the basis of it. I'm just going to scroll here to try to find some, uh, some uh, post-game audio here, or sorry, post-game uh, clips here from your Toronto Raptors. And Nick Nurse obviously has spoken already, so I'm just going to try to find out and see if we can get some comments from Nick Nurse. Uh, I see a clip here from Jamal Murray on Jokic. There's nothing that he can't do except jump. <laughs> it's a pretty funny clip. Uh, solid, solid jokes there 
from <laughs> one teammate to the next. Jokic's game, right? It's super interesting because it's it's below the basket. For a big guy, he's not super athletic, but he's just super crafty. I think during the broadcast, Leo mentioned Arvidas Sabonis. That's a pretty solid comparison, right? Like, I mean, my guy is just super fundamental. He's making crazy passes. He's finding a way to just get things done, right? He's making plays. He's making plays, doing it all underneath the rim. He's one of the best big players in the league. One of the best big guys in the league, for sure. Your Toronto Raptors, again, fall to the Denver Nuggets, 106-103. Tough loss for the Toronto Raptors, and it's just, it's tough, man. I mean, you look at a game like that, and you know that it's a battle between the best team in the West, best team in the East, and if you're the Raptors and you're Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse, by the way, fresh off winning NBA Coach of the Month, in his first month in his first month as being an NBA coach, not a bad start. But if you're Nick Nurse, you want your team to come up with a little more energy than they did in the first half in a game against the best team in the Western Conference. Right? Now, the Raptors have a big game coming up on Wednesday against the Philadelphia 76ers. That's another big game, right? Because it'll be the first chance to get a look at the Jimmy Butler version of the Philadelphia 76ers. If we remember earlier this year, the Raptors defeated the Sixers, and that was a great game to, to watch. You know, it was a home game for the Raps, obviously, and it was a game where Kawhi Leonard really put the clamps on, on uh, Ben Simmons and really affected the game with his defense, right? He gave Ben Simmons fits, and obviously things have changed since then. I feel like Joel Embiid has stepped up to be a real threat for MVP. His numbers are just crazy through the roof so far this season. And of course, Jimmy Butler, man. Jimmy Butler's, he's given them some, some extra nuts, you know? Jimmy Butler's knocked down some big-time game winners for them already. He gives them a little extra, you know, a little extra gangster, if you know what I'm saying, right? I don't know. I just think that it, I'm looking forward to that matchup because I just think that, you know, this is a Sixers team that is now legitimately ready to compete for an Eastern Conference championship. Before they had Jimmy Butler, to me, I, I didn't believe them. I didn't think that they could really win the East. I didn't think they had a realistic chance. I would think that Boston would be a better team than them. I think the Raptors are a better team than them. I would even hesitate to put them ahead of some of the other, like, middling teams, right? Like, they're better than Indiana, yes, but Indiana would give them a go. Jimmy Butler, I think, puts them definitely in the in the tier with the Toronto Raptors in the Eastern Conference. So I'm excited to see how that game plays out on Wednesday. More comments here on Instagram. Shout out to all the people commenting. There's so many comments here, both on Instagram, at Sheldon Alexander, and at Shell Alexander. Again, we do this podcast live on Twitter after each and every Raptors games. Because I want to hear from you, the fans, right? Get your take, your thoughts on what's going on with this team that just happens to be the best team in the NBA, even with the loss tonight, right? More comments from Instagram. Too many turnovers tonight. That's true. The Raptors were super sloppy with the ball. They did not play well in any facet of the game. They had 18 turnovers. I mean, they played a bit better in the second half, 
well, they played a lot better in the second half. They shot way better from three in the second half. They turned over the ball a lot less in the second half. Their defense was just so much better. But again, you can't have a first half like that against one of the top teams in the league. Uh, Raptors can't rebound and played poorly. Yeah, the rebounding was a little off tonight. And, you know, playing JV and Surge separately, you're going to take a hit in some aspect of your game, right? So you expect that to happen in, in some facet, right? Because you're not playing with the traditional four. Siakam, yes, is a four, but he's obviously more of the stretch floor, stretch four, playing all over the floor, doing a lot of other things. So your rebounding is going to take a bit of a hit. Kawhi Leonard was your high rebounder tonight with eight rebounds. So I don't know. Against Denver, though, that shouldn't be a problem, right? Playing Siakam and, Siakam and Surge as your front line shouldn't be as much of a problem as it was tonight, though, for the Raptors, who, I mean... It was only plus eight on the rebounds for Denver, so it wasn't like too crazy. But I felt like on the offensive glass, Denver really did damage. They had 15 offensive rebounds in this game. So, yeah, Raptors got to improve their defensive rebounds for sure. Um, I don't know which point it was, but someone in the chat says, LOL, my dad thoughts exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure which comment that was, but shout out to your dad for agreeing with me. Uh, same sentiments. Oh, this is about JV. Same sentiments, man. He tries to finesse his shots instead of taking advantage of his darn height. It's true, man. Anybody who's played basketball, right, and you've played with a big guy before, you want to see that big guy just dunk the ball every chance they get. And so for JV, it was so frustrating because it seemed like it was three plays in a row where... He just needed to go up and dunk it, but he's not even jumping his highest at all, right? Like, he's just, like, almost tippy-toeing, trying to, like, lay it in. Not good at all. More comments on JV. Uh, he has to sell the content, contact. He flops too soft, and it makes, and it makes no sense. Very true. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Guys can't stand around. JV is a good passer if he ain't going to score. He can still create. I've never seen anyone with another comment from C Brown says, I've never seen anyone with worse hands than Surge. Yeah, I mean, Surge, again, didn't play horribly, but there were a bunch of plays that Serge Ibaka made in this game that were reminiscent of Serge Ibaka in prior years with the Toronto Raptors. Again, I'm not going to knock Serge Ibaka because he's played way too well this season for me to say much negative at all about Serge. But definitely the point was made tonight that JV has to play better. If not for the sole fact that Surge can't be playing big-time minutes, we can't be expecting big-time minutes from Surge night in, night out. The whole point of having JV come off the bench is so that both of their minutes kind of even out. If you look at the minutes tonight, Serge Ibaka, 31 minutes, JV, 18. You want those minutes and their production to be somewhere closer to the middle, right? Uh, let's see here, more comments, as of course, as I'm typing but, uh, buttons with my fat fingers, I mess up the screen, but let's see, what about the team in the striped jerseys, they made their presence felt, yeah, that's true, refs definitely a huge, huge factor in this game, but not the deciding factor, that to me is still the Raptors first half, um, 
No, I'm not going to do the Raptors thing. Like DeMar said, eight against five. No, not going to do that thing again. Can't blame the refs that much. You can't play that terribly in the first half and then get mad at the refs, even though the refs did make terrible calls. Uh, let's see, more comments on Instagram. Got to sacrifice a back-to-back -back game to figure out the bench. Yeah, the bench right now, I don't know. You got to remember OG played the bulk of his minutes last year with the starters. And it was Pascal playing his minutes with the bench. And the bench mob was cooking all the time last year, right? So Freddie and DeLon, you know, we talk about the bench mob and what's going on there and why they're struggling so much. We've seen Nick Nurse try to insert Siakam so that he gets more minutes with the bench mob. Kind of happened a bit tonight, but not as much as we've seen in prior games. Benchmob continues to struggle, right? And you got to remember, CJ's not really shooting well yet. OG's not used to playing with those guys. OG's shots are coming from that wide open three. He was two of three tonight, right? One of them was a shot where he kind of forced up late in the shot clock and it went in. But those guys got to get used to playing each other, playing with each other, right? DeLon, Freddie, OG especially. Those three guys got to get used to playing with each other because as uh, the rotation works right now, it looks like those guys and JV, it looks like those four guys will be the bench mob unit. And you got to remember, it's different than it was last year, right? Last year was DeLon, Fred, Norm, right? Pirtle and Pascal. You're placing three guys on your bench mob. It's going to take a while for bench players to figure that stuff out, right? Plus, you got to remember the reason for the success of that bench mob. Freddie, DeLon, Pascal, and Norm, and uh, Pirtle. Those guys all worked out together all summer heading into last season. That was part of the reason why those guys had so much chemistry together was because they spent so much time playing together, not only in the offseason, but also before with 905. There's a lot of chemistry there. So we're almost tricked into thinking that it's just going to be the exact same result this year even though it's different players and it's a different situation it's going to take time but again if the bench the bench the bench mob is your biggest worry things are okay raptors fans because you're still getting i want to say one or two guys playing all right night in or night out which is just more normal than having a full unit that comes out and kicks ass every night, right? So it'll take time, but I think, yeah, we need to see some progression from the bench mob. And Norm's expected to come back at some point soon, so maybe he might affect it in a different way. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, another comment here on Instagram. Hopefully this loss will help the Raps realize that their terrible rebounding will inevitably catch up to them. Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to say that that's enough of an issue yet. I see where you're going there. I think they're lucky because Kawhi Leonard is a solid rebounder. Danny Green always seems to come up with like key clutch rebounds. Let's talk about Danny Green for a second here. It's very rare that Danny Green is going to miss two shots like that in crunch time. Two shots in a row, right? It just happened tonight. Shots didn't fall. And I just don't think the Raptors played well enough in the first half to deserve a win tonight. So to me, that's what this game comes down to. As someone else in the chat says, there's a lot of bad calls in every game. 
Agreed. Can't blame the refs. Can't blame the refs. Uh, someone else says, as Mike Babcock says, got to start on time. Bad start costs them. Hopefully come out grumpy and scrapping versus Philly. Totally agree. We know Kyle Lowry's going to be up for that game. He always is against his hometown squad. Also, as someone points out, divisional game. Big game against the Sixers. Tough matchup against the Sixers, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm scrolling through here. Sorry I didn't get to all of the comments here, as I see there are a lot of comments. And thank you guys so much for tuning in and commenting on this because, again, this is for you, Raptors fans. I know that in prior years when the games would end, I'd get frustrated because I wanted some place to go where, you know, there are other people talking about the games, right? Where we could have a discussion and, you know, hear opinions about what just happened in a long form, right? Because, you know, it's great to hear a two-minute chat from somebody, but sometimes you want to get a little deeper than, hey, Jokic had a triple-double, and hey, Kawhi played well, as, played well, and then the ref screwed up. You want to get a little deeper than that, right? I want to hear from, from people. I want to hear from the fans and what they think. Um, I want to hear comments like this. You got to dunk that-ish, someone says. I feel like they made a deal with Surge. Don't take threes and you have to pass. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mentioned, I'm not going to get mad at Surge. Surge has been balling this year. Can't get mad at Surge. He played a little sloppy tonight. Not going to get mad at Surge. Uh, someone says as well on Instagram, can we also address the fact that we will lose games when Lowry and Green are only combined for 14 points? Um, yeah, I mean, that's not ideal. It's definitely not ideal. I don't know how often that's going to happen, right? Because I'm pretty sure Danny Green averages around 9 points a game. Kyle is probably around, what, 12 to 14, 15 points a game for Kyle. So it's not going to happen too often where those guys combine for 14 points. But yeah, things aren't going, things aren't, will not be trending in a positive direction for the Raptors if Lowry and Danny Green are combining for 14 points. Definitely true. Um, bench was sloppy at the beginning, but they cleaned it up at the end. Totally agree. Uh, Raptors needed to knock down their open shots. Totally. And that's the thing. Sometimes you just have a bad shooting night. And in the first half, the Raptors had bad shooting night. They improved that in the second half. They closed the game. They won the they won the second half, right? The Raptors won the second half. If you just play a little bit better in the first, that's a dub. Uh, someone else says, I don't understand how Fred Van Fleet can regress this much. He's just over dribbling every possession and then ends up turning over the ball. I'm not going to knock Freddie that much because I feel like we're playing the result instead of the process. I feel like Freddie as a point guard, especially in this offense, always dribbled a lot, right? I just think what's happening now is the movement with all the other guys in the, in the new bench mob isn't as slick as it was in prior years, right? It's not as smooth as it was in prior years. The bench mob isn't flowing as as well as it was in prior years in terms of movement with the other four guys on the floor while freddie's dribbling around dribbling and driving right so it's going to take a while for everyone to get used to each other with the bench mob so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna crush freddie for that the turnovers will stop as these guys get more chemistry as the whole team gets more chemistry again 20 and 5 
relax. It's all good, Raptors fans. It's all good. I'll do one last check into Twitter to see what the people there are saying as my computer freezes, of course. But Raptors fall 106-103. And someone calling out... No, I'm not going to read that comment. That's unfair. Um, But yeah, tough game for the Toronto Raptors, but it's all right. Let us know what you think in the comment section of wherever this podcast gets posted. Again, special shout out to all the people that join us live because you guys really make the show, right? Sometimes I'm here with friends. Sometimes I'm not here with friends. That's not how this whole thing was intended. I'm not a host. I'm not a talker. I'm not an on-air person. I'm just a guy that likes basketball, that likes to talk about basketball. So I wanted to create a forum and a platform where we all could talk ball after the game literally it doesn't exist so we create one right that's what happens in 2018 you stop asking for a seat at the table and you build your own damn table right i think that's the wise words of jay anyways raptors raptors lose raptors lose raptors lose but another big game on the horizon coming wednesday night against the philadelphia 76ers Thank you again for all the people that tune in live on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram. Appreciate all the people in the Instagram chat asking questions, giving their comments and concerns as the Raptors fall 106-103 to the Denver Nuggets. And again, if you are unable to join us live as we are after each and every Raptors game, it's okay. We got you covered for your morning commute for, you know, Maybe your, your, your desk job's a little boring during the day. You can watch some YouTube videos. We got you covered. The next day, because it becomes a podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Just type in On Blast Podcast, and you will get all of this whole great goodness from every game during this Raptor season. Also, shout out to the people on YouTube. We appreciate the love we're getting there. The numbers are good on YouTube, growing consistently each and every day. And the conversation, more importantly, is what I'm interested in, right? I like that fans are talking to each other and commenting on what's going on with this team because this is the best Raptors team in franchise history. And the people the people are watching, right? I work in sports. I get the ratings every single day. The Raptors-Warriors game got the highest rating a regular season game has ever gotten in the history of the Raptors. So, hey, the fans are there. We're here to talk about it each and every day because this is the biggest season in Raptors franchise history. This is the best team in Raptors franchise history. We're also watching the best player in Raptors franchise history. So there's a lot of best of in franchise history going on right now. So let's keep that going. And thank you for joining me once again. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and I'll see you guys on Wednesday when the Raps play Philly. Fitting because... Meek Mill does have a brand new album that I've been bumping like crazy ever since it came out last week. And those that normally listen to us know that I end each and every podcast with the same line. I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps Post Game Show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. On Blast.